Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. You're listening to Made in Level Cross. I'm Thad Moffat. And I'm Roland George. And today we have a very special guest Todd Gillard. I'm excited, Thad. Todd's a really cool guy. If people don't know who he is, Todd Gillen's a NASCAR Cup Series driver, piloting the number 38 Ford Mustang for Front Row Motorsports. And if the name sounds familiar... You might know his dad, David Gilland, who drove for Robert Yates Racing and Front Row Motorsports. Yeah, I got to race. I got the opportunity to race for David in 2019 and 2020, and it was a really neat opportunity for me to to be able to kind of take my racing to the next level with David and the Gilland family. So, got to form a relationship with Todd, and excited to talk to him. It's been a couple of years since I last saw him, so excited to get to talk to him and see how the family is and how everything's going on his end. Well, we are excited to talk to Todd Gillen. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Todd Gillen. Yeah, thank you. It's definitely really cool to be on. We've been trying to, to figure it out to, to get me on here for a couple uh, months now, probably. So it's really awesome that it all kind of worked out now. And yeah, like you said, it's been cool getting to know you over the last few years. And you know, I'm excited to see what you do next year. So Todd, you are returning to the Cup Series. Really exciting, man. This is your third year, correct? Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about. I always trying to remember something. I'm like, does that had to have been last year? And then I forget where I've been going in my third year. So it yeah, it's definitely flown by. We were talking a little bit before we got on, but it's definitely a grind. Like you just I feel like you're so excited for Daytona. I mean, obviously excited for every race, but then you blink and it's like you're at the halfway point where it's the one off weekend and then it's like crazy. You're already into the playoffs, into you know, Phoenix before you know it. So yeah, really, the three years of have two years, I guess, so far have really flown by. And but yeah, I was super excited. You can never take you know this opportunity for granted. So I'm I'm definitely super super excited to to begin in my third year and, and hopefully just keep getting incrementally better every single year. For sure. So 
I like starting from the beginning of everyone's career, right? And you definitely have a really cool story like that. You got a racing family, okay? So for people who are not aware, Todd's the son of David Gilland. And then your grandpa is kind of the family patriarch, right? Yeah. So my grandpa, Butch Gilland, he, uh, he grew up on the West Coast along with my dad. And I was born on the West Coast. So that's kind of where our racing roots kind of begin, I guess. I think my grandpa started out in like, you know, figure eight races, dirt races, street stock races, and just kind of slowly you know, worked his way up to kind of the Winston West series. And and I think back then you could almost race the same, you know, Winston West car with the the cup series. So I think he tried to you know run a few races here and there, like Sonoma, some of the cup races out on the West coast. And then my dad started crew chiefing for him when he got 16, 17, 18 and I guess that's kind of how he got his feet wet, got into the whole racing thing. And from there, he you know, worked on cars for a long time and then started racing, I think, when he was around like 18 years old. So, yeah, that's he's kind of a later start than kind of what we see nowadays. And his start was kind of from working on race cars, like I said. So, yeah, so he went on to race in the Cup Series for probably six, seven, eight years, something like that. And then, like I said, I was born on the West Coast kind of grew up in North Carolina, started racing. I actually ran my first race in California, but pretty much I've done all my racing in North Carolina. And so I grew up going to the racetrack when my dad was racing and yeah, just, just really loved it. I think we see a lot of father, son kind of families in racing and what kid doesn't like playing with cars. And, and I think that's really cool. If you grow up in it, you, you just really develop your own love for it really quickly. And yeah, it's just really, really cool that I'm being able to continue and, and do this uh, the same as they did. So can yeah, you confirm absolutely. the Barbie Corvette story? <laughs> Dude, I always hear about this story, but I don't know. I don't know if there's any pictures out there or anything like that. But I mean, my parents tell me it's true and my dad <laughs> loves that story too. So yeah, apparently we got a pink Barbie car and, and I made him paint it black. And then we put two batteries in it instead of one and and made it a lot faster. And I don't know, the story goes, that's how I very first started. Like, that's the first thing I ever drove. So, yeah, that's a funny and, and interesting story. Would that be in the first thing that that you drove? I mean, what is the first thing you, like, remember racing, like, competitive racing? I did some go-kart stuff was what I competitively raced first and some quarter midget stuff. But late model stock after that. So, what is, like, your first competitive start? Yeah, for me... So I started out in quarter midgets, like I said, when I was like five years old, kind of got into it for a little bit then and then kind of take a break, just going through school, kind of elementary school, middle school. I played kind of all, all the different sports. And then I really like just bothered my parents, I guess, enough to be able to get back into it. I was just wanting to get back out there and try the quarter midget deal again. And then pretty much when I was like nine years old, started competitively from there on. And probably when I was 13 is, is like the nearest memory I have of we ran the the USAC national tour in, in quarter midgets and that was just really cool. I it was at that time my dad was still racing. So it's kind of me, my mom and Danny Crafton. It's actually Matt Crafton's dad was like my crew chief in, in quarter midgets and we we're always on the road and racing those things all over the place. And I think, you know, like you said, that's kind of my first memory of it. From there I went into late model stocks and then Canaan West trucks and then in the cup series. So your career is, a lot of people may not be familiar, but I mean, I, I, I'm probably going to embarrass you, Todd, but you got quite the career, man. I mean, just looking back over your stats and all that, but, you know, 
you're the 2016-2017 K&M Pro Series West champ, which is amazing. I did not know you were the winner of the very first Cars Tour race. I, I had no idea. Thad and I were talking about that. That's pretty significant because that, that series is now taken off. I mean, that is now part of the dialogue with a lot of race fans. I know we just had the race what uh, last year at Caraway, right, Thad? You, were, um, you attended that race. You weren't in there. Yeah, Larson ran. Yeah. But that's awesome, dude. I mean, I, that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize. You you kind of kicked that series off, so to speak, with the big win. Yeah, that that is actually a really cool story, I think. So we actually ran the year before, like it was the Pro Cup series. It was the same owners, but they the Pro Cup series had kind of, I guess, ran its course. I, I think at one time it was a booming series, and there was a lot of cool guys that, that ran it kind of as a career, but a lot of guys that kind of went through it and graduated on and they didn't really know what to do with it. I think this was the last race at Hickory was probably end of 2014 because that car tour race was in 2015. We were in late model stock cars against the the pro cup cars at the time. And then we finished second in that race. And then over the off season, it's kind of when they went through the transition of pro cup to the cars tour. So yeah, that was awesome. I think, you know, for a long time, there's the UARA series also that, that ran around North Carolina and there's kind of a void that needed to be filled and the cars tour just kind of took that over. And yeah, it's, it's so super cool to see what it's grown to today. And, but yeah, just looking back, like there was, that was a cool race, like Deke McCaskill, those guys that still run the cars tour today. Like those guys are hard racers and they've been doing it a long time. And yeah, so that was, that was really cool. But yeah, even just beyond that first win, like how we ended the season kind of with them and then just kind of saw the whole transition. That's, it's really cool. Sure. Do you have any plans to like run in that series again? Or like if, if SRX for some reason knocked on your door, were you, are you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I watch every sort of different racing. I'm super excited for the Chili Bowl coming up. Just watch the Tulsa shootout. Love all kinds of dirt racing, F1, you know, really anything. Right. So yeah, the SRX stuff has been really cool. That'd be really cool to be a part of. And yeah, as far as cars tour goes, I don't really have any plans for anything else. But yeah, I'm always always open to anything, and it's cool to see you know Kevin Harvick building a late model stock, a super late model, and and wanting to go race a lot. So I was just talking to Lane Riggs, says my new teammate, and I was asking them what they were doing with their late model stock car, and I would definitely love to love to get back in one one day, and hopefully that day's sooner than later. Todd actually shares some history. So Todd, you ran your first ARCA race with Venturini at Toledo Speedway, right? Yep, correct. And Jeff McClure was your crew chief, right? Yes, he was. And then he went on so, to be your chief, right? Yeah, so he crew chiefs me after that, and he referenced that race all the time. So can you talk to us about what your first race was like with Venturini at Toledo? Yeah, that that was a very hectic weekend, really, altogether. And really, at that time, like... It was the same year, but we started out the season strong with that win in the cars tour, but we were, we were not doing well after that. We were in a major slump. I was wrecking a lot and just really didn't really know what else, like how, how we're going to get so much better. Right. So we just got that one opportunity to run that ARCA race at Toledo. I was 14 on, I turned 15 on Friday and I think the race was probably on Saturday or, or something like that. I turned 15 the day before and you had to be 15 to race. So we were able to practice and we got some luck on our side during the race. We were running probably like fifth to eighth ish. And 
I think Grant Infinger was was dominating that race and had some sort of issue in the lead and it kind of wiped out the top five and we went through the dirt like we were kind of a part of it but we were able to come back and, and win that race in my first ARCA race so like you said since we were just doing so poorly in, in the late model stock at that time like that was just such a big confidence booster for me and I just obviously when you're in late model stocks like you think ARCA is like the coolest thing ever like just whatever like that next step is right so to be able to go out and and be able to get an opportunity to even race and then to be able to go out and win my first time that was that was incredible for sure and the youngest to compete in ARCA I mean that I'm like going I keep going through your career man like hitting all these boxes it's amazing really cool sadly so, those are all like eight years ago now so i, I gotta start getting more boxes <laughs> time you know flies what? my friend time flies Let, let's move on so you know you have all the success and then you get the call to go to kbm what was like here's something else that i i told dad this morning prior to to doing this is it's pretty cool dad starting in the 46 truck this year your first start came in the 46 truck at dover how cool was that i, I thought that was a it was meant to be to have you on the podcast but Take us back. How excited were you when you got that call to drive for KBM? Yeah, that yeah, that was, that was probably like the most excited. Like, this is such a good opportunity, right? You know, you grow up watching. Like I said, I, I love watching every sort of racing and racing in the K&N West Series, K&N East. Obviously, the next step you want to take is is getting to the trucks. And then I was with Toyota for a long time there, and and just to be able to for them to have that relationship to where they could put me in that truck was was awesome too like that's an opportunity that right away you're i'm super excited i think we're gonna go out and, and win a lot of races and i think everyone's expectations were high right we just didn't didn't really meet those expectations for you know two years straight and um yeah that was that was a very exciting time but and then it, it turned to frustration fairly quick just i think expectations right that that's what makes you you know, push yourself and and when you don't hit a certain expectation, I think that's when you can get frustrated pretty quickly. But like I said, those are such a good opportunity that I've learned so much with sponsors and your first time on in a, in a national series that, you know, it doesn't get better than that. And definitely, definitely couldn't have kept moving up without you know, that opportunity along the way. So what advice do you have for that? I mean, he's, he's, he's diving into the pool this time. Uh, he made a few starts in 2022, but this is this is the big show now. What advice would you have for him going to the truck series now full time? Yeah, the trucks are exciting to watch. Sometimes I'm thankful to not be in those restarts anymore. <laughs> so I think I'm going to be excited to watch you in those restarts. But I don't know. It, it's fun to watch, right? Just because there's there's inexperienced guys. There's guys that have been doing it forever. And there's just a really cool mix of people trying to you know make it in in the truck series. So. To me, that that's a lot of the fun of it is guys just putting their heart on the line. And but I, I'm just super excited. I think that this is obviously a good, great opportunity for you. And yeah, they're they're challenging for sure. Nothing nothing in racing is easy. That's that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about it too. Just just to be able to go out there and compete full time and not wonder when my next race is is going to be something cool for me going into next year. But Something I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, that David ran for the same team that you're running for. So that's like really cool. Like I've never been part, uh, I've raced a lot of race cars that look like petty race cars, but I've never technically raced for like a team that my grandfather had a tie to or my dad had a tie to. So it's got to be pretty cool to be like at the same home that, that David was at for several years. 
Yeah, it is. You know, he started his cup career with Robert Yates Racing, and I'm not really sure how that all went or happened, but he ended up at front row fairly quick. And he was at front row, I think, for, you know, five-ish years, maybe four. So, yeah, that's pretty much the team that I grew up and, like, most vividly remember, like, going to the racetrack and watching him compete for. So, Bob Jenkins, he's been the owner the whole time. Jerry Freeze has been the general manager the whole time. And I think it's cool for those guys that, you know, I've kind of grown up around the team and, and it really does feel like family to me. So that's why it's cool. And on the flip side, like you said, so this is the team that my dad had driven for for a long time. Now he's got his own like rival team compared like to front row in the trucks. Right. So it's it's kind of crazy how it all turns out. And but yeah, to especially to be driving the 38 same car that he drove for his entire cup career, pretty much. It's crazy how it all works out. Like it just, that was the number that opened up and in right place, right time for it to, uh, to all work out. It's a, your dad. I, I remembered your dad with the M&M's car for the longest time. So he had, he ran some really cool streams and then he did Taco Bell, Long John Silvers. I mean, you could always spot David Gillen, which I thought was cool, but totally off topic, kind of on topic, but, so I do a fantasy league, right? Todd, I do a NASCAR fantasy league. Anybody who watches NASCAR should definitely do it. It's a lot of fun. Get you really in the mix of things, watching for drivers to perform. You were kicking butt. I should have had you in my lineup at the road forces because I regretted it. But we have a guy in my, my fantasy league. I don't know who he is. We've kind of opened it up and it's grown over the years. But this guy's been here since day one. His username is David Gillen fan, right? The guy uses has used you the past two years, and once he uses all your uses up, he disappears. So I don't know who this guy is. If he listens to this podcast, we're talking to your hero, I guess, and and a Gilwin fan in general. But I had to mention that because he absolutely loves you, but I don't know who the guy is. So I thought that was it was pretty funny, and I I intend to make a statement here. I plan to use Todd in my lineup for what at least five races. For, uh, next year how many how many road courses are on the cup schedule this year has that changed no i don't know i don't know if that's changed there's not like probably that many gilliland fans <laughs> out there i love the fans that we have and hopefully we're we're gaining more along the way but that is hilarious and there's some yeah. random like diehard david gilliland fans so i don't i don't know what happened but that's awesome but yeah the road courses yeah you should put me in for the 500 too i mean we're planning on winning that one so you might as well put me in put me in for- <laughs> Absolutely. I promise you, man. I'll have that hold me to it for sure. All right. With that being said, I wanted to ask Todd about the next gen car and his thoughts on it. It seems like everybody I talk to has a different opinion on it and that like just the way that it works in general is completely different than everything you've driven. Is your take pretty similar or? Yeah, I think I think there's two sides to it. I think it's crazy like how different it really is. Just Every time I, I look at the trucks that are in our shop, that is along the same lines of everything that NASCAR has been for, you know, 30 years, right? That's just kind of what I'm used to of growing up looking at race cars. And then the next gen car is just so completely different with all that five speed transmission, gearbox even, and it's sequential instead of age pattern. There's a lot of stuff as the driver, but as far as the crew, like working on the car, it's completely different. So that's the one side of how different it is. But really, it's funny, like once you get on the racetrack, how, I mean, there's still four tires touching the ground and, and you're just trying to, right, go in the circle as fast as you can. So it all ends up being very similar once you're out there racing, but there's just so many different ways of getting to that point. 
But it's also super cool to see the guys that have been in the sport for so long having to learn something new. It's maybe not comfort like comfortable to do that, but it's cool to see the guys that are kind of accepting it. The guys who probably got out of it right when the next in car came, but it's cool. At least at front row, I think it's definitely helped us. Overall, the competition seems like it's never been closer. So yeah, and then as a driver, I, I think it's super cool and uh, it's fun to to be a part of you know something new. How's married life been? How are you enjoying that? So congratulations to you, Marissa. You, you got married what in December? January of last year. So but January of last year. No, we got our anniversary in like a week. So I'm I'm on the hot seat for that. But no, married life's been great. We're uh yeah, we've we've made it a year. And like I said, this this sport is is very stressful. So it it's really nice to have a good support system behind you, whether it's my parents, my family, and then now Marissa too. It's it's amazing to have great people around you for sure and and yeah hopefully she's she's ready for the ride for for the next however many years it is well i've seen through your social media that you've played a lot of golf recently when did you pick that up i don't remember you playing a couple years ago yeah i'm kind of new like you said probably probably a couple years ago is when i started and yeah i play a lot of golf now too i I love uh yeah if i'm doing anything in my spare time it's definitely either xbox or golfing so it's a little bit cold out right now but I'm still trying to get better. I'm on the grind to hit the ball straight, not lose as many, and then still still score a little bit better. So it's fun though. It's uh it's cool to see like how many people in racing are actually golfers. And I've been dragging Harrison Burton along. We kind of started at the same time in golf, and, and so yeah, we're we're on that grind together right now for sure. I was just gonna ask. I mean, about horseback riding, you didn't take that oh. the Burtons or. <laughs> no, they can have that. Anyone who rides a horse can have that. They're not should not be worried about me taking that. Marissa was just doing like her year end recap thing on Instagram, and the the video of me riding the horse popped up actually like two days ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was the most uncomfortable I've been in a long time. Just you never know what those things are going to do. And, and my sister grew up riding horses when I was younger, so you would think I would be a little bit comfortable around them, but I'm I'm the complete opposite. I do not want to be anywhere near a horse. For, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, you have to ch- go to YouTube, check out the video with Harrison Burton and Todd going to the Burton's Forum and having them ride horses. You will not regret it. It's it's great. So that's not in your future for golf biz, but I I think we've said it all, guys. I mean, this has been really cool. I cannot wait for both of you to see each other at Daytona. So Todd, best of luck. You have a bright future for sure. Just Everything you've accomplished, man, it's it's really been cool talking to you and look forward to hanging out more as the year goes by. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been, like I said, thank you guys very much for having me on. And yeah, Thad, I'll see you at Daytona. I'm, I'm excited to watch you, like I said. Yeah, I'm excited too, man. Are you going to come down and run any truck races with me this year? I don't know. It's not looking like it, but you never know. I'm always ready for whatever comes my way. So we'll see. Yeah. Cool deal, man. Well, we'll see a lot of you this year. Appreciate you coming on and joining us today. Absolutely. Good talking to you guys. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Pristine Auction is the most trusted sports memorabilia and collectibles auction site. Auctions on pristineauction.com start at just $1. And each day, thousands of signed items are available. So you win signed authentic items at affordable prices. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. 
ForeenAuction.com is your one-stop shop for authentic signed diecasts, helmets, trading cards, photos, and so much more from your favorite drivers. That I got my eye on a really cool item, not racing related, mind you. Happy Gilmore signed jersey by Adam Sandler, aka Happy Gilmore himself. How cool is that? Man, that's pretty awesome. You know, with the playoffs rolling around and me being a big Green Bay Packers fan, I just got on here and found a Jordan Love jersey. Man, I'd love to have that. So upgrade your collection today and get $10 off your first win using registration code TAD. Again, that's registration code THAD for $10 off your first order. Links are in the show notes. For you, it's all about going further, faster. For them, it's about helping you achieve it. That's why at Customers Bank, they combine the best of technology with a deeply human touch. They offer a wide range of innovative banking solutions backed by outstanding personal service, giving their customers the edge they need to take on tomorrow. Take the lead with Customers Bank. Learn more at go.customersbank.com slash NASCAR. Induction Innovations is the leader in American-made handheld induction gears. Home to the original mini-ductor for over 20 years, they've been innovating how mechanics can tackle challenges like Loctite, Rust, and so much more. Induction Innovations mini-ductor series were meant to free up components, quickly using induction heat. The mini-ductor is designed to help techs cut down on ticket times and say, forget that torch. Induction Innovations, do it faster, do it better, do it safer. Visit theinductor.com to learn more. All right, that was a great conversation with Todd. I've never met Todd, Dad, but he is as nice as they come. Super, super happy that he was able to join us on the podcast. Yeah, Todd's a great dude, man. He was very welcoming my first year at David Gilliland Racing, and actually we raced out of the same shop at the time. So getting to catch up with him a little bit and see where he's at in life now. He just recently got married. Well, he got married like a year ago, but just recently went on the honeymoon, as he told us. But just how how far he's come in the in the last couple of years, and for me to get to make my truck series debut, well, full time truck series debut in February is going to be really really cool. So hopefully, I'll see a lot more of him this year. Yeah, it sounds like he picked up golf as a new hobby, so maybe you can teach him a few things, and vice versa, he can tell you how to do some things in the truck series as well. But looking forward to seeing him at Daytona. He's definitely a very goofy and entertaining dude. You know, my little bit of time I got to spend with him, he can make just about anything fun. And he's he's a cool dude. So uh, I definitely like to go hit up the golf course with him for sure. Awesome. Well, so that was fun. Let's talk about your recent trip. I guess your annual – is it an annual family Christmas trip you go out there to Wyoming? Yeah, so it used to be – it was it – was, relatively calm this year it used to be like 40 like 40 of us like it always is 30 or 40 of us you know but this year was just me my brother my sister mom and dad and then uh, my girlfriend lauren and then grandpa and ellen they kind of stay upstairs and and watch grandpa watches a lot of football when we're out there man but he did come out the house with us a couple of times for me though it was really weird this year it was really calm there wasn't a ton of snow on the ground, so we didn't do a ton of snowmobiling, but we we did the traditional stuff we always do, go to the hot springs, which is a really neat place, and then went snowboarding two days, which is probably controversial for a race car driver right now, but... Yeah, sure. (laughs) But I I played it safe, for sure, and enjoyed my time out there on vacation. There's 
there's very little cell service unless you're at the house and it was nice to just relax and and cut off the outside world for a couple days so definitely a a cool experience to go out there and play some card games with the families just like we always do you know it looked fun i mean if you you follow that on Instagram. It was a lot of cool shots of you snowmobiling. So the best was your mom being drugged by your dad. Um, yeah. Yeah, my mom said once you get to like, she was yelling on the mountain, dude. And she said, once you get to 50 years old, Brian, there's certain things that you just don't need to do. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, skiing's one of them. So it was like training a kid again, which is crazy because the woman taught me how to ski. And I guess she just hadn't skied in like five or six years. And uh, so she put her skis on. She fell. And then I skied down to her and I put her skis back on for her. Wait, fell hold up. Your your mom your mom taught you how to ski? Yeah. But she doesn't – she can't? No, she can. She just – I guess like after five or six years – She just lost it. <laughs> yeah, she just lost it. It might be longer than that. I don't remember the last time my mom skied. I mean, I'm 23 now. And then, yeah, I skied with her when I was like 12, 13 was the last time I like have a memory of skiing with her. So it's probably longer than that, 10 years or so. Wow. She got to where once we figured out that like what we were doing, she would just kind of turn us loose and we would go up and down the ski lift all day and she would sit inside and order us food and have our Pepsis waiting for us at the bottom of the hill. So that's awesome. Typical mom stuff, but yeah, but it was uh, definitely entertaining watching her slide down the mountain on her back. Yeah, I think you uploaded that clip to Instagram, so definitely check it out if you need a chuck for the day. Really cool to see you and the family, and yeah, so let's shift some gears. Now we got we got to hyper-focus on 2024 now that we are officially in the new year, uh, so enough fun and games. It's all business going forward, right? Going to yeah, the, yeah. the reshop. Yeah, so I've been I've been spending a lot of time with the faction guys, you know, Doug George, and we just recently uh, hired two more guys, and so one of them has little to no experience, and one of them's been doing it for a long time. So hopefully they'll equal each other out quite a bit. But everything seems to be going good, man. I mean, we have my seats mounted in the car all the way through Coda, uh, so through five races in. We're pretty much ready interior-wise. Leg braces built, back braces built, seats are mounted. Everything's good to go as far as that's concerned. There seems to be a little bit of a holdup on some of the body panel stuffs with the rule changes NASCAR's done in the off-season. So the only concern Doug George has right now is is those nose and tail requirements and, and having everything back to the way it needs to be to get ready to go to Daytona. But Man, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's 2024 officially. I'm ready to go racing. Daytona can't come soon enough. Working on hopefully getting some sim time here soon. So really excited about that. I was going to ask, that's that's pretty important, right? I mean, the sim time. Do, do a lot of drivers nowadays get to the sim You know, during the off season, especially the le- weeks leading up to Daytona? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's something that we use all the way through, right? Like, when you go to the Chevrolet Sim, it is the same that Kyle Larson's running on and Ross Chastain and William Byron and 
all those guys is, is the same one using, you know. So for me to get the opportunity for the first time in my career to, to have that outlet to learn and to move forward and to pick up on some things that I might not be able to pick up on in like a 20-minute practice or a 45-minute practice will definitely be very, very helpful for me. And the fact that Doug and, and they get to go with me and try some things on the cards also, it's just it's basically like an extra practice session on the computer. I know that, man, it's so tough because, like, simulate G-forces is impossible. So it's definitely not the exact same as going out there and running for 45 minutes. But it's about as close as you can get. This is probably too early to ask, but I'll ask anyway because I know some some fans are probably curious. You know, it's it was announced when Faction 46 was, was revealed that it was a technical alliance with Nice Motorsports. You know, you've met Bailey and you've met Matt, Matt Meals who's driving for Nice next year. Do you guys have like a, a strategy or is that something you are you going to be drafting partners? Like how does that work with, with Nice? Have you ever been talk, talking about that or? No, we haven't, ta- we haven't had those conversations yet. I mean, it's still early in the new year. I mean, I haven't even seen Bailey in 2024 at the shop. I'm sure he's been there, just not at the same time that I've been there. But yeah, Bailey and Matt are are basically like teammates to us next year. So, just to answer your question from my side, if it's coming down to the wire and I can push Bailey or Matt, or I can push a Toyota car, I'm definitely going to push Bailey or Matt. You know, so mm-hmm. that's just how it's always worked and and how it should work when you have a technical alliance or when you have teammates. So. Just moving forward, I would I would think that at some point uh, we would all sit down, even the crew chiefs, you know, because they crew chiefs and spotters play a big role into what you do at Daytona. Because when we're riding in line like that, I guess people don't realize like how much you can't see. Like when we start wrecking, it's an accordion, and we wreck into each other because I can't see six trucks in front of me. I can't even see two trucks in front of me, right? Like I can just see the guy in front of me and I'm so close to him. All I see is a spoiler and like the left side, the painted line, whatever. But there's not a whole lot of visibility when you're in line like that. So it makes a lot of sense once you do it a time or two, why they wreck the way they do. But it's, it's going to be entertaining for sure. Well, you know, we got that to look forward to. We're still several weeks away the the closest thing that's coming up is your media day so that's gonna be pretty cool you get to wear the fire suit for probably not the first time but the first time in public right get to yeah strutting that's new suit yeah it's pretty cool so i've never been full-time in nascar or in i mean i did the arca stuff but even that wasn't full-time so for me to get to do a media day is something that I've never done. So it'll be a new experience with me, just like everything else this year. I mean, I've done photo shoots with sponsors and stuff like that, but never like a TV with, I think it's a Fox. We have the Fox photo shoot. And then we also have a deal for craftsmen. So it'll be cool to get to do and experience some of those things that my competitors have got to experience. But at the end of the day, for me, the most important thing is racing and running well. And so the more we focus on that as an organization and a team, it's going to be key to our success in the 2024 season. But it's definitely fun to do the that kind of stuff from time to time, for sure. Yeah, what's also cool is we have a, I think we have a production day at the garage with some of the sponsors. So, you know, it's going to be really cool to see customers bank folks back again at the garage and uh, Tasty Duck folks. 
So we'll have a ball there. Talking about the garage, you've been you've been at the garage doing lots of things recently, but thing of note is assembling your grandfather's new trike. You want to talk about that? Your really yes. stupid buzz bikes. Yeah, sure. So he came to me like right two weeks before Christmas or something, and he was like, where did you get that bike? And I was like, well, I met these guys when I was racing Trans Am last year, and they had this really cool-looking like e-bike. And he was like, I think I want something like that to ride around my property. And I was like, <laughs> whatever, man. And so, <laughs> so I called the guys at Buzz Bikes, and I was like, listen, my grandpa thinks he wants an e-bike but there's no way you can give him what you gave me. He's 86 years old. He, I don't, I don't know that he really needs that. And they were like, no, we got the perfect thing. And they sent me this picture of a trike. And I was like, sure, we'll go with that one. So recently we got it in and, and it's pretty simple process putting it together. I mean, it has a instruction manual. I'd never put a bike together, but I put this one together and he just got back yesterday. So Hopefully on, on Monday of next week or whenever I see him next, uh, hopefully I can give him his bike. Yeah, Richard Petty on a e-bike, buzz bike. Trike. Oh, trike, yeah. It's a buzz e-trike, yeah. Buzz e-trike. Thank you for the clarification there. Yeah, he does the charity ride with your Uncle Kyle, so this is a, this is a new venture for the king. It's going to be cool to see him. Yeah, well, it's a little different from a motorcycle to like a, this is like a pedal bike. Yeah, it's just like a, so. He switched over probably six or seven years ago from riding like a Harley, like a two wheel bike, to a Spider, which is the trike of motorcycles. So I felt like that was a little bit safer for for him, just because if he falls, it probably hurts a little bit more than if I fall. Well, yeah, let's not. Let's not have the king fall anywhere yeah. when, I'm, uh, when I'm ready for race season. Yeah, I, I'm perfectly I'm, – I'm so excited. Like the off season, it's the shortest in all of professional sports. But as a race fan, it is painstakingly slow. I mean, as soon as the, the checkered flag waves of that cup race at Phoenix, you know, I'm sure the drivers definitely want to take some time for their families and just to relax and decompress. Yeah. But I'm like, come on. Let's get racing already. So I'm super excited. Like for me with this opportunity, it can't come quick enough. But like talking to Todd about how the Cup Series is a grind and you only get that one off weekend during the 36, 38 week period, whatever it is. I mean, I could definitely see where he could use some time off. But for me, just a kid getting his first opportunity in a NASCAR National Series to be full time, like bring it on, you know, but I'm sure that sure that those guys that run full time at the cup level definitely enjoy their time off, you know, but for me, with that being said, I mean, we're what 40 some 40 days out till Daytona 30 some days now by this point. And there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Like what is Matt DiBenedetto doing next year? Yeah. (laughs) Who's driving the Spire trucks? Recently announced that I will be competing against Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon will be full-time in the Rackley Ward stuff. So excited to race against him. I got to know him a little bit when he ran for Petty GMS. Yeah, it's, it's cool to race against guys that I already know and that have a lot of experience that I can probably lean on a little bit. But, man, what is going on? Why is it, like, almost race time and nothing's been announced yet? 
I, I think it's in this day and age, I just, I just seen like over the course of years, I think things just happen a lot quicker. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it, at least it seems like things can turn around fairly quickly. It's not as much of a, a long painstaking process. Like I, I don't know how long it, they were talking to Ty Dillon at Rackley War. I mean, I would, I would assume it was like it had to have been during the offseason, but speculation, of course, at best. Can't go without mentioning we lost a really, really awesome guy, a legend of our sport, Cale Yarbrough, fierce competitor to your grandfather. What are your thoughts on Cale? Did you ever meet Cale? I never was lucky enough to meet Cale, but I know that how he affected my family and our lives, you know, just as a whole, like grandpa, when he goes to tell a lot of stories, he kind of like chuckles and then he'll say, Kale, like Kale beat me that day or, or Kale did, you know, so I definitely, definitely had things that looking back on and hearing the stories, how, how Kale has affected the outcome of what the petties were, you know, as, as an organization and as people in general, he definitely had a, a big, effect on what we did in our life yeah i was i was watching a an old race i believe it was it was darlington actually from 1970 it's 1970 and definitely a really cool documentary shows kale dominating in his wood brothers mercury and leading the race and then he runs an issue and he hops on this fence that it's pretty cool on like turn three or turn four and Gets out. It's a pretty famous photo of him. All he's got smudge all over his eyes. And I was talking to Chris Hussey back at the shop, and we were we were finally reminiscing on that documentary that everyone seemed to watch during Christmas time. I don't know if it just came out over the course of the holidays, but Kale is such a like hard nosed competitor. He he just gets out. He don't talk to anybody. He gets in his. It looks like a Ford Thunderbird or, or a Lincoln Town Car. And drives right to his house in his fire suit, all dirty and grimy. The the wife and kid and dog greets him, and he just goes about you know his business. It's 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 the funniest thing I've ever seen. But really, really want to shout out to the the Yarborough family. You know, our condolences. Rest in peace, Kale. Definitely a huge loss to our sport. But we'll finally remember him and all the contributions he made as a legend in the sport. So with that, what can we leave the the fine folks? at Maiden Level Cross. What else you want to talk about here? I don't know. I started to talk about what what rides weren't filled. And, I mean, there's two cup rides that don't have drivers. The 16 and the 15 cup cars do not have drivers. Pretty crazy, man. Are you going to make selected starts in this? Is that what you're about to say? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> that would be. Maybe we got we to gotta call we got to call a colleague up, see what we can okay. do there. Okay. No promises, though, man. we got a, we got a Faction 46 truck to race. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, I guess we'll, we'll wrap things up. Appreciate you guys listening. Big reminder, we'd love to hear your questions. So send them in to the official Instagram for Maiden Love Across. Ask Thad anything. Chili recipes, workout routines, his philosophies of life. Anything you want, send them over. Is there anything you won't answer, Thad? No, I'll answer it all. There you go, folks. Yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us on Made in Level Cross here today. And be sure to follow and like and subscribe and do all that fancy stuff on every platform that you use.